Welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tutor. I'm Freddie Harrison. And today we've got another one of our specials where we pick a particular theme and chat about a bunch of podcasts within that theme. Last time it was comedy, you can go back and listen to that one. This time it's news and current affairs. Now, a little disclaimer at the beginning here, in case we look like a pair of absolute dunces that don't keep up with the news and don't have our fingers on the buttons. Uh, it's the 15th of March today, on the day that we're recording this, so if we start talking about stories which now seem like they're absolutely prehistoric in our, you know, whizzy news cycle, then that would be why. But um, yeah, so news and current affairs, I think, is an interesting one. Freddie, you put this one forward as one to use as our basis for this episode. What were you thinking? Yeah, good question. I, there's a few things, really. Um, first of all, you know, I think it's been mentioned before, but you and I, Jack, both have a background in journalism, at least in, in journalism education and journalism training. We both studied for a degree in journalism. Mm-hmm. So we have a kind of um, predisposition to, to news to an extent. That's the first thing. And the second thing that I was thinking about is is this kind of um, the uh, parallels we've drawn uh, on a few occasions now between podcasts and radio and how we've talked about and you know in some cases the crossover like you know when we had lizzie on and we talked about the archers and i think this is one of those situations where there is a real crossover between podcasts and radio and it's it is not exactly like um a groundbreaking use of the podcast format to present up-to-date news or current affairs on it um but i i think it's a really nice one because yeah. Short of watching 24-hour news, which I think is really bad for you, um, or or listening to Radio 4, which is really good for you but you know it isn't always news it's <laughs> yeah. you know they, they, they do a lot of talking around news but it's not always news i think you know being able to pick up um as we'll probably get to with your first recommendation jack being able to pick up a relatively recent you know within the last 12 hours news bulletin and listen to it kind of as and when you're ready is is really good and actually yeah. i've got one of the um google home minis and you can say to that um i'm not going to say the wake word because it'll just it'll just <laughs> trigger off and then um but you can say like okay thingy play me the latest news headlines and it will pick up the latest news headlines from uh whatever source you choose i think i've got mine set to be the bbc and i think someone else as well and it would just read them off and it and it's almost like a podcast but not quite um, yeah, and it and it is. And I actually, when your first recommendation, I I did, I did wonder whether it was the same thing, but it's not, which is which is cool. So that was kind of my two reasons, and I also was thinking about this on the way home as I was um, listening through to um, your first recommendation, Jack, which we are going to get to in a second because I keep teasing it. Um, <laughs> which is that actually, like, this is one of the nicer ways to get your news. Like, I spend a lot of time checking news websites um i used to spend a lot of time checking twitter for news and uh for a while i watched a lot of 24-hour news channels and all of those sources are like a little bit toxic and a little bit bad for you just in the way that the it drives the most controversial alarmist headlines and i think 
the process of recording and editing and producing a short news bulletin as a podcast or as we'll get on to with some of our other recommendations shows that um discuss the news in a slower sense actually makes the news slightly less scary and slightly less alarmist in a yeah. way uh, would you would you agree with that yeah totally and as well it just brings that that structure those edges doesn't it you've got this distinct form which is coming at you you're not arriving midway through something unless you're watching one of those news channels on the hour Mm -hmm. you are planted in the middle of something you don't really get the full picture of anything it can be quite disorientating really i think with podcasts they kind of sit quite nicely really between a newspaper and something that is more fluid like radio or television in in that you do get these distinct forms that are plopped out on regular intervals it does allow you to collect your headlines that way if you like but also it does allow for these slower, more analytical forms as well. Like podcasting mm. is really good for the why and how. Because yeah. radio, even radio, I mean, they may have a couple of programs that delve deeper into a particular issue, but they're washed away very quickly. And I think mm. these kind of podcasts, I think a few of them that we've picked here, just take a second to stop and breathe and really think about the context of, you know, a particular story. So, yeah, what's good about this particular special is I think it covers the process of actually getting your headlines and also for digging deeper into stories and going, wait, what was that? I missed that. I want to know more about that. And so we cover both of these really in this in this little special we've got going on here. Yes, indeed. Jack, with that, do you want to give your first recommendation? Yeah, I mean, I presume that we're, you were referencing the BBC Global News podcast, is that right? I was, yes. (laughs) That's good. So the BBC Global News podcast is a podcast from the BBC World Service released twice a day. Uh, It's a half hour roundup really of the latest headlines from throughout the world it's one that i listen to in the morning when i wake up first thing i bung it on so i get the one that comes just after midnight there's another that comes just after midday and it's my way of plugging into the world in the morning Mm. what i like about the uh this particular podcast is unlike the i guess more domestically centered news bulletins you do get an overall picture of what's going on uh, particularly with stories that do kind of um, protrude and then recede from the headlines and the domestic agenda so um, things like you know the fighting going on in syria that's something that will get a lot more coverage and you'll get a lot more detail on the uh, global news podcast than you will generally in the in the bulletin which has you know gaps of uh, i don't know one to two weeks before you hear an update on what's going on depending on whether it's touched on something which is domestically relevant so it's a good podcast i mean you get the as you do with all bulletins the biggest stories at the top sometimes i turn it off if i'm kind of done doing what i'm doing in my morning routine and they're getting around to the story about you know a photo of a dog in argentina <laughs> i'm just like that's fine <laughs> you guys carry on but yeah it's a really good one i think for it's the only podcast i use to actually get and derive headlines from you know the, the rest mm. i use it for a more analysis but yeah it's it's nice it's got a real strong utility i think this one but um yeah what did you think it's interesting <laughs> we're not really reviewing it are we really it's kind of like is it useful to you i think is the more pertinent question with this one yeah and i'll be honest i listened to this one on the way home this evening for the first time and it was honestly like 
the podcast that I've been looking for in terms of ah. exactly what you say about getting the daily headlines. So the as I kind of alluded to earlier, one of the 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 being able to say okay thingy give me the latest headlines and, and getting my google home <laughs> mini to, to no definitely not because it will trigger it um is that you you get i think it's it's only about a three or four minute bulletin and it is literally the headlines occasionally mm. i mean we're talking a very 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 short bulletin they might drop in one quote from someone and that's it and then and then and then that's the end of the bulletin and this is like the perfect length isn't it it's like 25 minutes and it's like a good amount of stories like you say you know and and you know as 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 with all um conventional news they they kind of top load it with the big stories and they kind of get down to the what um i used to call when we did our kind of like mock news days at um uni jack i used to call the and finally stories yes um and it's just, yeah, it's a really nice, succinct um, thing. And, and you touched upon a really important point as well, which I think is another thing that really makes this one great for me, which is that it's the World Service. And like at the risk of sounding like Alan Partridge, I bloody love the World Service. <laughs> um, because you do get that breadth of news that domestic services and domestic news bulletins don't don't cover because we do have um a western bias and a local bias um that runs throughout the news here in in the uk and that's sometimes frustrating and it's also one of the frustrating things and we'll get onto this later i'm sure about listening to uh, u.s produced news shows which is that they tend to have a yes. u.s bias and actually the world service is generally very well-rounded i'd say yeah and um yeah i i really like it and i I can see myself kind of following your pattern jack and and listening to this every morning nice yeah it does definitely feel more rounded i do find myself actually once i've listened to this and then i go back to the bbc bulletin that's you know on bbc one or whatever in the morning feeling a little bit frustrated that we do have this hierarchy of geographical proximity in what we deem important in the news you're like for goodness sake but um yeah i mean what's great about the world service is they do have people stationed all throughout the world and so you get with a lot of these stories particularly early on they'll do a quite lengthy interview with a particular reporter who's right on the front line of something and they really know what's going on they're in amongst it and they're actually living it which is great it's not just you know they've collated all this stuff from around the internet like they're actually touching base with people who are able to give you the same depth of uh, understanding that you would get from a domestic story so yeah it feels i think it's quite nourishing i think just to keep that worldly awareness when i think if you do just exclusively go for the domestic bulletins it sounds like i'm telling people what to do do what you like but i find personally you know it just keeps me i don't know just keeps my tendrils of awareness a little bit wider than they would be otherwise i think yeah i think that's a really good point well yeah thanks jack that's uh it's made my uh made my news day a little oh, bit better now freddie you're welcome so my first recommendation, um, and really it was the podcast I had in mind when I recommended this this theme of, of current affairs, because it was actually really new and it was just in the top of my head because I'd only just added it to my um, Overcast feed, which was Today Explained by, by Vox. Now, Vox.com, we've kind of vaguely touched on before because we've talked about the Ezra Klein show. Ezra Klein is the editor of Vox Editor-in-Chief of Vox, yeah. I believe. And um, and Vox.com are very, very good at explaining 
various aspects of the news and kind of digging behind the lead and and finding kind of um giving you context that you didn't have before and i've got super super into their youtube channel they do these brilliant explainer videos on there that are amazingly mm. well produced and i just i just really enjoy watching them in fact quite often in the evening like i probably won't watch any kind of like netflix or anything like that i'll just sit and watch like three or four vox videos in a row and just kind nice. of get get kind of clued up on stuff and i think today explained is um in a similar vein really except that has this brilliant kind of uh, plus of being a daily show and so you know you, you're getting this kind of daily feed of um very specific topics so each each episode focuses on a specific piece of news and looks behind it and gives a bit of context and a bit of background a bit of history and some kind of analysis on a subject and I'd really like it. And I've, I've mentioned the positive, which is that it's daily and that Vox are amazingly good at these explain explanatory journalism. But I guess if there was a negative for me, it would be the fact that obviously it's very US-centric, as as is the rest of kind of Vox's output. They are very good at covering world stories in general. But hmm. I think, you know, with the podcast so far, a lot of the stories have been US-centric. And... Um, I don't really have a problem with that on the basis that there's a lot going on in the US that's really fascinating. I just wish someone would make uh, Today Explained for the rest of the world and <laughs> and us in the yeah. UK. So I, I recommended a specific episode just because I, I enjoyed listening to it and it felt quite current at the time, which was um, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which is about the, uh, the story that's been going on at the minute about North Korea and the US agreeing to some kind of meeting between between their leaders, which is which is fascinating. And and I had it in my head that this was the first time this was ever going to be done. And part of me thought, well, that's brilliant. Like, you know, perhaps they're less of a nuclear threat than we'd worried about. And also, oh, God, is Donald Trump actually going to have a legitimate positive legacy as being the first (laughs) US president to meet with a leader of North Korea on peaceful terms? Um, And what I found really interesting was immediately they talk about the fact that North Korea has kind of dangled this in front of the US on many occasions now. And we've been really close in the past for this to happen. And actually, it has been so close in the past. It's just not happened within a presidency. You know, the kind of meeting's been on the table and there have been discussions and debates and organisation about it and all the rest of it. But it's not actually happened. And I think the only reason it's more likely to happen this time around, again, we're saying all this on um, the 15th of March here. So who knows what's going to happen by the time you're <laughs> listening to this. we uh, You might be in a bunker somewhere. Who knows? Um, but it, it seems to me that just the way that the Trump administration works is that they they don't muck around too much with detail or nuance and they just get things done for better or worse Mm. um and so it seems that there is a real chance that this might actually happen and who knows what's actually going to go down when that happens um i doubt very much i think it'll be anticlimactic in the end in the way that you know we all thought dennis rodman was our savior because he quite liked going over to north korea at one point yeah um but it's just, it was a really interesting and insightful little episode about something that i thought i knew and understood but didn't really and and it was just a, and, the, and the way it's kind of formatted in the conversation form felt like i was kind of party to a conversation in a pub with with just people who are more knowledgeable than i am yes yeah yeah 
Um, Jack, what did you think? Yeah, I really liked it. Like you, my main frustration was the fact that it was US-centric. I think it's appropriate to talk about because we do have American listeners. And again, like you, my frustration was more a personal one. I wanted one that perhaps was more relevant to the rest of the world and me by extension, you know. But I think the format is is great. And I think what you've spoken about there, I think, is quite key in that you mentioned the fact that, you know, you thought that maybe this is the first time that this kind of thing was going to be happening and actually it had been something that had been on the agenda and taken off and put back on again on repeated occasions and they are they do a really good job of highlighting that and going swiftly through the history of our um, I say our the US's relationship with North Korea and trying to get those conversations going and that's what this podcast is really good at because it's not super long it's like what mm. 15 to 20 minutes and they all yes, seem to yeah. fall within that range and so you don't get these this you know sprawling like well let's go back to the dawn of man and talk about how this all began it's you know a really swift like let's deal with the key questions and assumptions that are going to be arising about this and just drill down into those and give you basically enough context that if someone came up to you and asked you about it you could have a conversation with them and sound pretty smart and i definitely felt like that i was at the pub with them as well in Mm. fact what it sounded like to me is that they stopped in for a quick coffee because one of them had to do a presentation on it and hadn't researched and was just getting all the facts before he went out the door kind of had that kind Mm. of vibe to it it was just like just give me what I need to know. Just give me, like, the, the bullet-pointed information. So it falls between that thing of giving you the headline and giving you all the context. It's like, just give me, like, the lean, necessary, like, need-to-know context. Mm-hmm. And I listened to a couple of others as well. So it seems that they oscillate between, or vacillate, whatever, you pick one, between two, like, formats where one of them is the hosts or people within Vox talking amongst themselves. Mm. which do have a more conversational vibe like this one. And then there are some where they do uh, defer to like interviews with reporters to give them a wider understanding. What I like is the effect is ultimately the same and they don't lose any of their precision and their conciseness when they're talking to other people. So I listened to one where they talked about why the film Black Panther is so important. Um, That film, wow, I've loved more and more the more I hear about it, like I enjoyed seeing Mm. it which you know there was mm. also one i listened to on oh um xi jinping the chinese president yes. who's basically abolished term limits and mm. they discussed uh, how he went about basically getting to the point where he could do that and rather than just being something he decided to do on the spot is basically the pinnacle of you know decades of earning trust and uh, being a very tactical person uh, to return to this North Korea one as well, I mean, one thing I think they do do uh, is almost give Kim Jong Un. Is it Un or Il? I've just forgotten, Freddie. It's Un, isn't Kim it? Kim Jong Un, yeah. Thank you. One thing they do do is give Kim Jong Un his dues in the sense that he is quite masterful tactically in terms of his mm-hmm. method to political discussion. I think a lot of the narrative around these news stories gets to the fact that he's quite unhinged. When right. what Vox do is, again, in kind of going for those base assumptions or like those primary questions, go, actually, you thought this, but actually this. And yeah, as you say, this falls very much in line with their ability to explain things very well. And we are kind of unfortunate in the sense that I think we kind of lack 
and a news outlet that has this kind of service offered to us at least in these kind of really nice concise packages i guess maybe the guardian comes close in terms of you know what you and i are interested in freddie politically but yeah it'd be nice to have something a bit more like this over here maybe one exists i don't know about it i don't know what it is if it does do you know what i mean if you do know tweet us at at episode underscore party or you can email us at hello at episode dot party um either one of them will do and we'd love to know um about the kind of shows that you're listening to in terms of current affairs and who knows we could get you on yeah we could not it's just a gamble you're gonna have to take it unfortunately (laughs) to find out exactly um but either way um it would be awesome to hear from you if you uh know of a show that jack has just described and i feel like it's going to be one of those things i can't remember what's the name of that law where it's like if you can google it it probably exists um and i feel like this is the kind of situation if we can describe it on episode party someone's probably made a podcast about it that's very true yeah i think that is true i do hope it exists i mean it is it it like Vox, as you say, I think is really is a really sound organization by the yeah. sounds of it. And I think the service that they're offering is really good because it almost does have and podcasting is really good for this. It does have a um, counterbalancing effect to what can feel like, as you say, the world of news headlines. And also as well, just we'll come onto this a bit more later, I think, with your second choice, Freddie. Yes. But just the ability to just pick up your news by skimming through your news feed on facebook it's not something that i do i can proudly say but it's mm. terrifying you don't have to open articles and you can come away feeling like that you've ingested enough news to get you through the day and that is troubling so it's nice to have organizations that sink deeper and care about i think the reputability of the material that they're putting forward and also care to give you the understanding so that you can say not only have i just ingested that but i understand this (laughs) i actually get this so yeah it Mm -hmm. feels like they're doing a good service in that respect yeah i think so and i think you know it's um i don't want to don't want to go on a rant about it too much i have lots of thoughts and opinions on these kind of things but it's good to get news that's quote unquote kind of slow journalism um Mm -hmm. in in the sense that someone's taking the time to kind of look behind the hype and the alarmist and the alarmism and all the rest of it and and really understand the story and try and get different perspectives on it um there's a magazine that's amazing called uh delayed gratification yeah yeah you're a fan good which which pretty much only exclusively deals in news that's six months old and like there's something really nice about that and like it takes a while for your head to get into it because i remember the first time i read delayed gratification i thought why would i want to know about this stuff it just feels so irrelevant it just feels so old like stuff changed since then yeah but actually like it's important for informing your opinions because like no one seems to get it right when they're like breaking news at 100 miles an hour like no one does like you know again this goes back to kind of our journalism training jack and i'm sure you you can agree that you know journalists are just as valuable as anyone else if not more so and especially now where it's a lot easier to fake stuff and you know there was a long time where twitter was being used as a source of news by journalists but journalists were getting duped all the time because it was much harder to work out who was a bad actor and who was genuine on on twitter yeah and you know we're seeing that now on an industrial scale with with facebook and um troll accounts that have been created by russian intelligence agencies which is a 
thing, you know, and they're made realistic and they're made to sound like Midwestern Americans who, you know, just like God and hate people who aren't white, you know, <laughs> but like, they're not, they're not really, they're, you know, someone in Moscow sitting there writing this stuff or at least you know a computer in moscow sitting there writing this stuff so it it just it just pays to to go away and find news that's not you know it's been thought about and been chewed over by a journalist and i think actually the more the world speeds up the 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 more important it is to support that kind of news and and kind of vote with your feet and send a signal to media organizations that that's the kind of news you want totally and i said i wasn't gonna run and look what i've done <laughs> you couldn't help yourself just to say as well to re-recommend a podcast on the back of what you just said about the russian troll accounts the guardians digital dystopia series on chips with everything there is a whole episode about the threat yes. to democracy that technology poses when it is misused in certain ways which i think is really really interesting listening Jack, hit us with your second. Yeah, so Navara Media. So it's an independent media organisation that runs out of London. They are on the left, I would say, quite far on the left. They're basically like pro-anarchist, pro-communist as well, very uh, anti-capitalist. And they have a radio show uh, on Resonance fm out of london they also have a website where they put articles as well and the radio show is also released as a podcast and that's what i'm essentially recommending here today they have mm. a whole host of different shows some of them where some of the hosts get together and talk about a particular subject some where they interview authors uh, or activists or you know experts in their field about a particular topic and um so on their about page it says that Uh, Rather than seeking to moderate between two sides of a debate, our output actively intends to feed back into political action. And there isn't a lot of counterbalancing going on here. I think uh, they wear their politics on their sleeve on this show. And what Mm. I like is someone who I guess feels quite largely aligned with a lot of what they're talking about is that it does penetrate into the stuff that I care about. I have to say that it may not be... The stuff that you, as in like you, the listener, or maybe even you you yourself, Freddie, care about as well. So I think this is the kind of thing where I want to introduce this as a means of saying there are podcasts out there that really do cater to someone's sense of priority socially and politically. And this is definitely one for me. So the podcast that I recommended in particular is an interview with um, a woman called Liz Fakiti who is the director at the Institute of Race, Race Relations and a published author. Uh, and it's uh, about her book, basically, uh, about racism and the new right. And it's presented by um, Ash Sarkar and James Butler, who are two regular hosts on Navara. And uh, the conversation goes incredibly granular. I think what mm. really comes through with these discussions is that Um, I'm definitely dragged along a bit when I listen. These two hosts are very well read and every one of their questions comes packaged in, I think, a lot of context, which I've always been very supportive of. I think it's fantastic when an interviewer says this is where I'm coming from and this is the understanding upon which I'm I'm basing my inquiry. But... I think even at some point, the, their interviewee, Liz, says, blimey, you guys give me about three different things to think about and then ask a question at the end, and I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that is kind of how I feel as well, is that, you know, they, 
do talk for about a minute sometimes a minute and a half before they finally put a question forward which you know is the culmination of this unspooling of thoughts they've just delivered because i think they're just constantly plugged into this stuff but i think they really touch on a lot of interesting topics which i'm not really sure where i could listen to uh conversations about this stuff at this depth uh, anywhere else particularly not within the uk they do put up content incredibly regularly like they're very prolific as well and yeah i i it's just one that again i really try and stay plugged into i come away you know slightly smarter than i went in uh, definitely like a lot of stuff just bounces off my thick brain but um yeah it's one that i've been enjoying more and more and more as time has gone on freddie what do you reckon yeah i think you you, you summarized it really well and you picked up on a lot of the points that i, I was gonna i was gonna make so i probably will end up echoing them um it was it's funny how you described navara media because about halfway through all i could think of was um our friend Jack Ben Martin, ben, <laughs> if ben, if you're listening, um, you, you might enjoy this if you haven't listened already. Oh, um, sorry, I should say Ben uh, put me onto it. I should actually say that. So yeah, our mutual friend Ben Martin. <laughs> Is that a surprise? We need to get Ben on a show. I think um, we do. We do. That'd, that'd be really, really nice. Um, I wonder if he's listening. I hope he is. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and and it's funny because you know um, I think you know both of us to an extent would like to think we're pretty left leaning on the political spectrum, but this is like pro super left in the in a sense not in a negative sense, but it's like this is like real nerdy left, isn't it? Like it's it's like you it, yeah it, it's an education that I I haven't really um, I'm still struggling to get my head around. Um, super super interesting but yeah i I agree that it it feels like you're being dragged through a little bit and i think one of the redeeming factors of that is as you say the way that josh and um, james and ash both uh add a lot of context and a lot of um thinking out loud to their questioning in a way that you know it just doesn't happen and i think you're right you know quite often the relationship between interviewer and interviewee is that the interviewer has gone away and done a lot of research and they basically ask questions that are a form of in-joke or at least you know a, a form yes. of a kind of secret language that's only shared by someone who studied their um their their interviewee so well that they know everything about the interviewee or at least know everything the interviewee likes and doesn't like and therefore they're able to ask questions in a way that uses kind of metaphor and kind of winks and nudges the the audience whether that's in print or or in in podcast forms a podcast listener you just don't get to see or hear and i yeah. think you know the questioning that that james and ash both kind of engage in it is very um very inclusive in that sense and i did enjoy that and i think you know it's super super fascinating and it is it is a real education and i think you're right there's not a lot of places where you'll get this kind of level of um left-leaning political viewpoints is that a good way describing i think so yeah absolutely I, th- I i totally think so i think um yeah what i really appreciate and uh as you said there it is the both the combination of depth and i guess transparency of thinking because there's the other aspect of you know news-based interview programs where the host doesn't really know <laughs> and they're just winging it almost i mean as much as i love the today program you know on 
Radio 4 feels like a strange comparison. But I think in terms of interview styles, is a lot of the time, you know, obviously those guys are very clued up generally. But when they're dealing with a specific subject, they do have to just kind of go along for the ride and, and make the best of it and almost, you know, go in with a sort of, well, what's this all about kind of attitude. And I think obviously part of that is uh, including everyone and making sure that everyone's able to keep pace. But yeah, when you do have these podcasts or radio shows that exist you know on a particular frequency band or for a very particular uh, ideology then it is really good i think what i do gain as well from these guys is that it is there is a lot of importance in uh having an understanding of the history from whence your political viewpoints come Mm. the fact that podcasts exist as an archive i think and you know go way way back uh, almost ex- is ni- a nice analogy to sort of i think the kind of thinking that they're espousing which is it's nice to accumulate uh, an understanding of the past as you then also engage with what you're uh, you know with the headlines generally on your bulletins i'm kind of repeating myself here but it does seem to be a point that i think podcasting does come back to like over and over again we've got one more and that's yours freds dive in yeah so my last podcast um is a repeat visitor to my uh recommendations which is um mr tim harford he he appears again um so we talked about him before with 50 things that made the modern economy and um Clearly, he couldn't get enough of podcasting for the BBC because he also has this other show called More or Less Behind the Stats. And there isn't really anyone better to kind of host the show. I think um, Tim has got a very good grounding in uh, numbers and economics and does this great job of basically uh, looking at statistics and economics from a kind of current affairs perspective. So looking at stories in the news, um, not necessarily the biggest story, but stories that are in the news nonetheless and um, doing a bit of digging into the information behind them and sometimes it's not even necessarily a current news story but just something that's interesting that's in the kind of general zeitgeist that he's gone away and um, him and his team of, of, of people who are on more or less have gone away and they kind of look at the numbers behind the stories and I think economics as a thing gets a bit of a bad rep because it's extremely nerdy and um in some respects very flawed as well um we've not covered free economics as a podcast yet i don't think jack but ah, no. Interesting. that's a no, that's really. a really good example of how economics is is flawed and if you know anything about behavioral economics you'll know that it's extremely flawed but i think there's a lot to be said and this goes back to what we've been saying previously is that there's a lot to be said for going away and looking at news and a more level-headed sense and taking away the politics and taking away the emotion of it all and looking at it in terms of hard facts and numbers and so more or less does a really good job of that and also uh uses stats and economics and statistics to kind of look at other issues contemporary issues issues in the general zeitgeist of our kind of society and population that are just kind of interesting um so the episode i chose was an episode called the dow tampons and parkrun part two which the, the title was pretty pretty descriptive but i mean it starts <laughs> off by talking about this big crash on the stock exchange which a lot of news uh, outlets were reporting as one of the biggest crashes in a in a very very long time and actually when they look into the numbers they discover that that's not really true 
Um, <laughs> and I like that. I like that it kind of debunks that kind of sensationalism straight off. With numbers, you can't argue with numbers. You can't argue with the recorded information. You should argue with it because it's not always right. But like, <laughs> you know, generally speaking, it's it's a better way to look at the world than it is through a purely emotional or political perspective. And then there there is just a number of stories interested in that. But I, I chose this episode particularly, Jack, because I, you're a runner. Um, I'm a runner. We've both taken part in a park run before, and I thought you'd just be entertained by the. Um, the way that they're trying to ascertain what is the toughest or the best park run to do in the country and yeah. uh the fact that the um the journalist who covered this story went all the way to cumbria to uh try what sounds like the muddiest park run in the world um <laughs> although they didn't look into that specifically which is the muddiest park run but it just sounds like this one is the muddiest as well to see how difficult it was and they just talk about all the different ways in which you could assess whether this park run is the best or not or the worst or not or the hardest or the easiest and what's interesting is that they don't only go into uh debunking news reporting they go into debunking their own reporting because they yes. begin to start talking about how their own measures of stuff are inaccurate or perhaps flawed and then they look at other measures that they could use instead and i really really liked that and yeah i do i do just really like it as a show i'm yeah I, i'm really into um economics and and that kind of stuff at the moment um i didn't sound very intelligent saying that then but um that's okay <laughs> i'm not very intelligent um but I, I do really enjoy that. So this kind of sits, you know, right in my kind of wheelhouse in that sense. Um, what did you think, Jack? Yeah, I love it. I've been listening to it for a few years actually now, on and off, and I think it's great. Uh, it's a surprisingly entertaining podcast that I think on paper mm. you could be like, oh, God, like people debunking or drilling into statistics, please. But they managed to uh, turn the whole process into something that has a lot of energy and kind of wry, self-aware humour to it. So, yeah, I did enjoy the park run bit because I think not only, as you say, as a runner, I enjoyed just hearing someone going through a particularly muddy 5K. But Mm. also it is a database of statistics which can be sliced in a whole host of different ways. And Mm. I love hearing people juggling numbers and playing with them like that that to me was really fun there was also a section on the proportion of the population that has a criminal conviction Mm. which i think was a really nice section because it's something that on the face of it you think would be quite an easy statistic to derive and as soon as they start to again drill down into that one and actually physically go out and try and obtain the statistics themselves then they start to hit roadblocks and i think it's just a podcast that trains a really good muscle i think which is that stats are as often as fallible as the opinions that are expressed within news articles unless they have a solid basis for being put forward and you know this podcast enlightens your understanding to all the different ways that numbers can be manipulated to make you think something where you know they may have exaggerated or taken a small sample size or taken a study that was from like 10 years ago and really wasn't done very effectively and i love that tim i mean tim's got this really silly sense of humor where you don't 
really laugh you just kind of roll your eyes and smile and be like yeah all right tim but i it really fits the tone of the show and they all have this kind of persona that they put on of being these party pooper stat pedants who basically won't let anything lie but then as you say it all falls away when they're ready to be as humble and you know humble enough to admit when they maybe could be more rigorous in their own analysis so yeah i think it's a a really nice celebration of scientific scrutiny and economic scrutiny and just i listening to this podcast whenever come across like a statistic in a news story you know i've been like oh yeah and you kind of want that to be your first reaction really not to go oh that's evidence you want to go right okay so you want to start questioning it and i think that's what's it's it's just it's really training up i think a really awesome reflex to have when you're interacting with the news stories and uh yeah i think it's vital listening to be honest yeah and i think you you picked up on a very good point in the beginning actually which is that despite the fact that it deals in statistics and numbers it is actually quite entertaining and i think they've made a real concerted <laughs> effort to make it that way because it could really be very boring and it's not at all. It is fun. And I like the fact that they do these stories about things that actually affect you in the real world. And, uh, you know, something as simple as a park run is, you know, uh, something that people do every every weekend. So it is really relatable in that sense. And it's fun in a kind of nerdy way to look at, like, the numbers behind that. And you're right. Yeah. It does train up that part of your brain that makes you question numbers. Because, uh, you know, I, I kind of said, you know, you can't argue with statistics but you should and and like you know you're right when you hear a a number kind of uh banded about within a news story it's worth questioning it and it's worth asking where that number came from and what that number means in the same way that you know going back to um today explained by vox they they looked behind this uh notion that Trump and Kim Jong-un being, you know, meeting uh, for the first time would be a kind of first in diplomacy between the US and North Korea and actually it isn't. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's fun to find out these things. It's frustrating, I think, as well, especially if you're not someone who has any, like, background in news, as in, you know, who hasn't had some kind of media or journalism training because what you learn is that we're all just making it up and you know and and in some cases we're literally making it up and so it's frustrating to find out that what you deem to be your single source of truth isn't actually true you know deliberately or otherwise and that's and that is frustrating but it's good to learn that and it's good to to kind of learn that harsh lesson that you can't always trust what you hear on the six o'clock news and actually it's good to go away and find a different perspective like um with navarra media and and it's good to go away and find the history like you you can do with um with with vox and it's good to go away and look at the numbers like you can do with more or less um and i haven't intentionally tried to sum up our discussion (laughs) but i think i got there um and i think you know you know it's a lot of commitment as well it is a lot of commitment to listen to this many hours worth of news related programming in your podcast queue every single week but just more than anything don't get your news from facebook 
Yeah, that's the summary, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good note to leave it on. But, yeah, that's the thing. I think with me, I have all these podcasts that ideally I think I would listen to all of them as they were released, you know, every episode, mm-hmm. because they are they do feel so thorough and so interesting and give me such a good grounding in such a wide variety of different things. But, um, yeah, I like to just go for a spread if I understand a little bit more about the meeting between Donald Trump and North Korea, but at that expense, I can't hear about five other things. That's fine. But then that inclination to want to know all of those things is actually the product of, I think, a very different way of looking at news, which I think these podcasts are actually pushing back against, which is, it's okay not to know everything. But I think what's more important is just, yeah, having a having a nice and what feels like a healthy and not panicky relationship with the news, which... Um, yeah, it's great. And I tell you, I mean, a note on Tim Harford, that guy, I think I've just really got a lot of respect for because he doesn't really try that hard to be like, oh, you know, numbers are cool. Hey, you can like numbers <laughs> too. And then, you know, one, two, three, four, doom, boom. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't try to yeah. make it into something that's like, oh, this is awesome. But then he does somehow like 50 things that shape the modern economy had no right to be interesting really and it was great <laughs> like he doesn't really you know it, it, it he just effortlessly makes it into something where you prick your ears up so um yeah anytime i see his name on something now i'm gonna be like all right tim what you got i think that's a that's a fair um yeah a fair reaction to have to seeing <laughs> tim harvard's name and anything i know i know i know that um i've put a lot of his books on my wish list now because he has done a couple of books and uh i'm super interested to to read them especially because they're all in the kind of field of economics which is something i just seem to be reading a lot about at the you moment. love it love it love it i do do um so yeah jack i think i think we've done a, a done ourselves well there with uh with our kind of spread of news related and current affairs related uh podcasts but again if you're listening and you think we've grossly uh, uh underrepresented the podcasting genre or or you you found that magical podcast that jack and i really really want which is basically today explained but for a uk or at least a worldwide um audience then please do get in touch we are once again at episode underscore party on twitter uh you can email us hello at episode dot party or if you don't want to do any of those things and you just want to find all of our previous episodes they are all at www.episode.party yeah nice one and also as well i think obviously we're two western kids talking about this i mean if there are news podcasts and current affairs podcasts that cover where you are wherever in the world i'd also be interested to hear from you as well because we do have this perspective where we we really only interact with a, a very small slither of kind of geographically situated news so yeah be interested to hear from you wherever you are indeed i think that's a great place to end jack cool well i've been jack tutor i've been freddie harrison and we'll see you next time bye-bye goodbye Hey everyone, Freddie here. If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. Thanks.